Welcome to the Unsweetened SIO podcast. My name is Siobhan Harris. I am a certified integrative nutrition health coach and the founder of unsweetenedsio.com. I gave up all sugar and all flour on January 13th, 2018, and am finally free of my addiction. My mission is to help other sugar addicts find their path to freedom and live the sweet life without sugar. Hi everyone, and welcome to episode 14 of Unsweetened Sayo, the podcast, part two of my Italy trip. Hi, I've been back now for about one week, and so I wanted to give a little bit of time before I did the second part Uh, recording to just have a little time to reflect on my trip, think more about all the lessons that I learned, and um, really enjoy some good meals since being home. And it feels really good to be full and satiated and not having to worry so much about my food every day. Um, That's really been amazing. So Anyway, to pick up where I left off, um, I was recording from Porta Venere and had just made the really tough decision of eating pasta for lunch that day. Um, and I bet you were like, oh my gosh, you ate pasta, what? But um, I really put a lot of thought into it, and actually I really agonized over it. Um, I chose pasta because even before when I was eating, you know, sugar and flour, pasta was never something that really uh, triggered me or appealed to me. I never binged on pasta. I know for some people they do. But for me, it really, I mean, I liked pasta, but I, you know, wasn't really, um, I never really had a trouble eating, eating it in moderation. So um, being in Italy, I knew that if I, you know, decided to eat a panini or even just like a piece of bread or a piece of pizza, that those things were probably going to trigger me. So um, even if I, you know, went in it with the mindset of only while I'm in Italy, you know, I'm not going to do this at home, but I still was nervous about it. And I was nervous about the pasta too, not because I thought it would trigger me, but because I didn't want to disappoint all of you or, you know, people that have been following my story. I didn't want to let anybody down and I didn't want to let myself down, you know, um, I've always been so every, all or nothing, you know, even when I'm, um, when I was doing other diets or whatever exercise programs, it was like either I was really, really 100% good or else I was like really, really bad. Uh, so this was kind of, um, you know, worrisome for me that maybe, you know, I wouldn't be able to just eat the little bit of pasta, you know, might make me go off the rails totally in Italy or something. But 
I am happy to report that did not happen. And I felt, you know, it was definitely something I thought about while in Cinque Terre and then again in Porta Venere and just was kind of desperate. I really didn't have any other options and I was really, really hungry and miserable. You know, after I ended that podcast um, of part one, you know, I had said I was hoping that the night would get better and it didn't, you know, I had a really tough night that night. I didn't eat dinner again and I just went to bed really early um, and tried to kind of like sleep it off. But it was really um, depressing. I mean, I just felt so sad and defeated. So I was just over it. You know, I wanted to go home, even though everything was so beautiful. You know, I just was so defeated, I think is the right word. So it did not get better <laughs> that night. Um, but anyway, so I had really, really agonized over this decision to eat the pasta. I just was so hungry, and I thought, you know, if I am, I just put a lot of thought into it. You know, I thought, if I am going to eat it, lunch will be better, because if there are any side effects, you know, I can kind of monitor them. Um, and, you know, again, being really active, I needed some energy, so... We went to the restaurant, and actually, I had been successful in kind of eating, like, so Chris would order, for instance, lasagna with uh, a meat sauce, and he would scrape the meat sauce off and give that to me, you know, off the lasagna and give that to me to eat, and it was so good, or he might, like, scrape the pizza toppings off his pizza. I felt like I was still able to get a taste of what the pizza or the pasta was, by just giving me the toppings, you know, some melted cheese and mushrooms, and I could still taste the sauce of the pizza without the crust. I mean, it was really, really good. Um, you know, it made me realize that the pizza crust and the pasta or the bread is really just like a vehicle to deliver, you know, the good stuff to your mouth, whether it be the toppings on the pizza or the spaghetti sauce. Um, so, like, I was able to enjoy kind of feeling like I was tasting something. So, with that, remembering with the meat sauce, I thought, okay, well, maybe I can go to the restaurant and order meat sauce, uh, just a side of meat sauce, you know, and that way that was really satisfying and I could eat that with a salad and be fine. So, that was kind of my plan. And, but I want you to know again, I probably talked to Chris about this for like three or four hours, you know, that day. He was probably ready to just like, you know, force feed it to me. <laughs> um, and I even talked to my emotion code practitioner. And I'll talk to you more in another podcast about emotion code, but it's something you could Google and look at. It's something that I've been really into recently. You know how I like to try everything. And basically, emotion code works, um, kind of uses muscle testing and helps you to find maybe emotions that are traps and help you release them. Um, but it's also really good, you know, the whole muscle testing in general is good. Uh, I've had naturopaths that have used that in the past to see, test with my body to see what, you know, supplements I might need or what foods I need to avoid. So muscle testing is something else that you can look up more, but I will try to talk about that in another podcast. So I've really liked Emotion Code. I have a great practitioner and, um... You know, I had talked to her before I went to Italy and, you know, she had said that, 
you know, kind of muscle tested my body that, yeah, if I did eat pasta in Italy, it was okay. Uh, same with the wine. It was okay for me to have a little bit of wine, but probably not back home, you know, is kind of what my body was saying. So again, I checked in with her about the pasta. She said, you know, yep, that would be fine and probably my best choice, you know, compared to the other things, but that I'd have to get over, it would be fine for my body, but I'd have to get over the emotional aspect of it. And that was exactly right as far as me feeling like um, I was failing, you know, I've been 14 months along and all of a sudden I was, you know, failing um, and that... I was going to be disappointing not just myself, but all these other people. So I really had to get okay with that and really just say, nope, just while I'm in Italy, you know, kind of like how I say a lot of times, no, I just don't eat that anymore. And this was just that mind frame of, nope, just while I'm in Italy, and that's fine. And I just had to kind of accept that. You know, I also talked with my friend Courtney and texted her for, you know, a couple hours about it, about every decision. And um, so thank you, Courtney, for sticking it out with me on that. So I really, you know, I'm talking to a lot of people about this decision and, again, really put a lot of thought and agonized over it. So I get to the restaurant. I order but I'm like, I'm going to try to order just a side of ragu sauce. And our waitress, we've had, I mean, that was the other thing, being so spoiled in Italy. All of the menus were available in English, too. Most of the people that we talked to also spoke English. I mean, I feel so spoiled as an American. I don't speak any other languages. And there's so many people in the world that are at least bilingual or even trilingual. And gosh, I feel like such a loser. And I don't really have, sometimes I think if I could have any special power, it would be not to be able to eat sugar and flour in moderation. I know that's a shock, but actually it would be to be able to talk and write every language, like any language. I just think it's so fascinating. I wish that I could. So unfortunately, I've never had a really good ear for languages. Um, but anyway... I digress. I just was really grateful that we were able to communicate really well. And because I was a little worried about reading menus as far as knowing what I could eat if they weren't in English, but that was a non-issue. So, um, but our, our waitress at this restaurant, you know, spoke English, but, you know, I think my request was confusing and she didn't quite understand that I was looking for just a side of, of meat sauce, but instead she brought it out with spaghetti and Chris had ordered a pesto pasta. So I had a few bites with the spaghetti of my meat sauce and it was just okay. Uh, so I switched with Chris and had some of his pesto, which was amazing. I, I really, as I've gotten older, I just love, love, love pesto. And um, oh my gosh, the pesto there, of course, is just amazing. So the pasta itself, though, wasn't anything, like I said, that really knocked my socks off. It was more just the vehicle to give me the delicious pesto sauce. Um, and I would say like I probably ate, you know, maybe a quarter of the portion. Chris ate most of it, but um, I ate it really slowly and tried to savor it and enjoy the taste um, and just enjoy that I was, you know, feeling a little bit full. So that's how that happens. I did have a little bit of the meat sauce too, but it wasn't as good as the meat sauce we had had the other day. So um but I am happy to report that it didn't, you know, trigger me. Um, I did feel kind of tired afterwards. I don't know if it was just because 
I was so exhausted emotionally from, you know, just the past few days. You know, like I said, I kind of just skipped dinner and went to bed early. So it could have been related to that too. I don't know if it was, you know, just a reaction to the pasta, but I was just kind of done that night. So I went, just went back and went to bed really, really early. Um... And then we woke up the next morning and breakfast was included in the hotel. Uh, and they did have, oh, they have really good fried eggs, you know. Um, after having so many cold, hard-boiled eggs, it was just nice to have, like, a hot breakfast. And there was a chef there that had, you know, which had just made these two really fresh fried eggs. And they did have some bacon, so I had that. You know, I'm probably going to need to go on a bacon detox. <laughs> um, and then really good, again, hot water with lemon, which also helps fill my stomach. And the lemons here, you know, there's lemon, there's lemon trees everywhere everywhere in Italy. And so the lemons were just so delicious. So, you know, we did have a good breakfast. Um, and we had to take, this was a long, long travel day. You know, I, I, again, was not in the best place. I was kind of irritable and just over the trip and wishing that we weren't even going to Venice because, um, it was a little bit, we had gotten this really awesome airfare deal. It's the whole point of why we were able to come to Italy. We basically flew from San Francisco to Rome for $300 each. So it was insane. Um, and that was Scott's cheap flights. I don't know if I've talked about that before, but that's something you can look up and subscribe to. It's free to subscribe and they just find all these amazing international, um, and Hawaii flights and they have some really good deals. And this one was like an airline mistake fare. They probably just meant to put like, you know, $1,300. And so you, sometimes you have to act quick. You get the email and it says you, this might last for like two hours. So we were really lucky that I jumped on it and it all worked out. Um, so we had this really awesome airfare but we had to fly out of Rome, in and out of Rome. You know, I think a lot of people go to Italy, they fly into one city and out the other, which is, you know, more desirable. But to get our steal of a deal, we had to fly back out of Rome. So anyway, it was just a long, you know, we had to take a bus to the train station. And then it was four trains plus then a water bus, which is like a water taxi, but a water bus in Venice once we got there to our place. So again, another really, really long day of travel. Um, and we were traveling through lunch. And I don't even remember now what I had for lunch on the plane or the train. I'm sure I packed um, some more, you know, I had my rice cakes with almond butter, probably an apple or pear that I took from breakfast. And, um, you know, I think that's probably all I had. It, again, those are great foods for snacks, but doesn't really keep you full for really long. So by the time we got to Venice, after all that traveling, I was really, really hungry. But right away, I want to say, as soon as we came out of the train station and just got our first glimpse of Venice, it again, just so beautiful. I had kind of had low expectations for Venice because a lot of people had told me that was like a city that we could skip. 
um, that it was smelly and crowded, whatever. But I think we were so lucky to experience Italy the time of year that we did, plus having the amazing weather that we did, um, because it wasn't crowded. It wasn't smelly at all. You know, I could see that maybe when it's rainy or really hot, but it was, again, like 70 degrees, not a cloud in the sky, and just absolutely beautiful. And the water was really pretty, too. And again, I love water. So, you know, I was thrilled to be able to take a little water bus to our, you know, our Airbnb. And I want to say our Airbnb, too, in Venice was the best by far. So if you're planning a trip to Italy at all and need some recommendations, like I said, um, send me an email because I, again, all of our Airbnbs were so excellent. Highly, highly recommend them. Um, and our you know, I'd kind of been disappointed in Porta Venere with our room because that was the one we paid more money for. And it was, you know, just okay. Where um, the Airbnb room in Venice really like took our breath away. Just a beautiful, beautiful um, apartment building on the right on the canal. Um, we could like look out our windows and see gondolas going by. But it was just really decorated well. The bed was super comfortable. And I almost cried with happiness when I saw my first bathtub. Oh my gosh, I was so excited. I realized how much I really rely on my like weekly baths and I had been missing that. So here was finally a bathtub and it was a good size soaking tub and I had brought some you know, bath stuff. So I was super excited and already knew after dinner that I was going to get a bath that night. So things were definitely looking up for us. And um, right away, as we kind of had been rolling around, I just kind of was looking at some of the menus when we were trying to find our place because, you know, restaurants are everywhere. And I was really happy, again, to see every single restaurant had some kind of option for me. So Oh, I just knew everything was going to be okay. I was so excited to go eat. Um, so we, you know, kind of got our, put our stuff down and started walking around and found this restaurant that had um, risotto with the red sauce. I was so excited because, again, that's like my favorite. Um, and it was so amazing. Oh my gosh. I ate the whole thing. Typically, you know, it probably would have been something at home that I would have eaten in two servings. But again, being starving for days, I ate the whole thing and just savored every single bite and wanted to kiss the chef because it was so, so good. Um, so yeah had a really, really good dinner that night. And again, it's amazing how a good meal can then like switch back your mood, you know, where before this, I was so just feeling that defeated and I just want to go home and why are we even going to Venice to now? I love Venice. Italy is amazing. I'm so glad we're here. You know, it was like complete um, switch for me. So again, I think it really taught me how important it is for me 
to be, you know, even though I'm not eating sugar and flour anymore, it's still really important for me to eat food that's satisfying um, and that I feel full. I have a bigger appetite. So like a salad isn't going to cut it. You know, I had you know, people, t you know, as I've gotten home and was telling them about struggling with food, they're like, well, why didn't you bring some nuts? Or I'm like, I did. I brought nuts and I brought almond butter and I had some fruit and snacks, but that's just snacks. Like I, I have a bigger appetite. I want, you know, a real meal too. So especially when you're, you know, exerting all the extra energy we were, um, so yeah, I was just, again, finally satiated. Then I went back and took a bath and felt like a totally new person, you know, stepping out of that bathtub. I was refreshed and I really felt like, you know, where before I was kind of counting down the days till we were going home, um, I was so refreshed, re-energized and could have stayed for you know, days more. I actually really wish we only had one night in Venice and I really wish that we would had another night. I probably would recommend to people um, not to stay overnight in Porta Venere. I wish that we had, I'm so glad that we took the, I would highly recommend the water ferry to see Port of an Air, walk around, you know, maybe have lunch there or something, but then go back. Like where I wish we had either had another night in Cinque Terre or else we would have spent an extra night in Venice. Um, just so we didn't have to like unpack our suitcase one more day. Because even just moving every two days, it's a lot of packing, repacking. And, you know, made me realize I don't really love living out of a suitcase anymore. Um, so anyway, so in Venice, we woke up the next day, got a really good night's sleep. Because the bed was super comfortable. Um, it was quiet. It was just really nice. And they had a free kind of continental breakfast that they did have um, hard-boiled eggs on the menu and stuff, but it wasn't going to be able to be delivered to like 9.30. They deliver it actually to your room. And so um, I knew that probably wasn't going to cut it. And I had seen a really cute breakfast place the day before. So we went over and I had like, you know, two fried eggs and, you know, a better just in my hot water with lemon, just so I could have, you know, a hotter breakfast. And I had my apple too for a snack. And then we went back to the room because we had, we did some sightseeing and we um, bought a lot of our souvenirs in Venice, the shopping, there was just so much shopping there. And, but we had to go back and check out of our room by 1030. So we went back and Chris was able to eat, you know, the breakfast that they had or he had ordered and really just kind of pack some stuff for our train because we had a train ride. It was direct train at least, but it was still three hours and 45 minutes from Venice to Rome on the train. And we were going over, you know, the afternoons. So we just wanted to make sure that we had some some snacks. Uh, so he like wrapped up a lot of the leftover breakfast for himself. And then, um, I found a little grocery store and bought, I got like a big bag of popcorn, um, some more carrots. I got strawberries. I got, oh, they had the cutest little like 
salads, you know, like you would find here the little salads to go with that might have like, you know, a French dressing or Italian dressing in it. But this one was like a mixed green salad and it had teeny tiny bottles of of olive oil and vinegar and a little salt and pepper and a plastic fork. And it was like two euros. So again, that was so perfect for me. And the little bitty bottles were so cute of oil and vinegar. So I got that too so that again, um, I would have some options for snacks on the train because I wasn't sure about dinner. We were going back to Rome, but the plan was to eat in the train station before because then we had to get to our airport hotel for the night since our flight the next day was early. And I knew that there wasn't any options really at the hotel or around the hotel. So we were going to have to eat at the train station. So I just wanted to make sure I, I had some food. Uh, we also were able to eat lunch before we left Venice, too. And right where we had stayed, right outside the door, there was a really cute restaurant that was right on the canal. And I had noticed that they had roast chicken and potatoes on the menu. So I got that. And, oh, it was just so yummy, again, to have a meal that was so satisfying. Um, but then on the train, I ate like all of my snacks, the salad, the popcorn, the strawberry, carrots. I was so hungry. I think, you know, after some few days of not being able to eat too much, my appetite really revved up. So I just kept, you know, eating and it felt really good to be full. Um, we were really sad to leave Venice. It was just, again, so beautiful. We didn't do tons of, um sightseeing because we just didn't really have time there was a few more things we would have liked to have done and we wanted to do a little bit of shopping so it was kind of you know you get tired after a while of just sightseeing 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 like um, it's hard to like take in everything once you've seen so many beautiful things so it was kind of nice just to walk around and just enjoy the sunshine we sat on the water a lot and just, you know, really just enjoyed how beautiful the area was and really wish we would have had, you know, one more night and we had fun getting on and off the um, water bus. You can get like a 24 hour pass, which we did. So we would just kind of walk and then get on and off. And it was neat, a neat way to see you know, the city too was to do the water bus. It was just kind of interesting to see. And I have no sense of direction. And Venice is literally like a labyrinth. Um, I would have been so lost. I mean, we did have my phone for GPS. So Chris was navigating us. But I think without Chris, I would have been totally lost. I mean, hopefully, I'm sure I could have figured it out, especially with, you know, having GPS on my phone. But it is seriously crazy how windy, you know, just like all of a sudden you're just like <laughs> in, the, you know, you just don't know where you are because it's just a crazy maze and then you open up into a square and it's really, really cool, but very easy to get lost. Um, but again, the weather was beautiful. Every restaurant had an option for me to eat. So I was very happy there and wish that I could have um, stayed there one more night. So we got to the train station in Rome. Um, it was nice not having, you know, four connections, just having the straight shot. 
And it was the Roma Termini, the main Rome train station, which is huge. And they have lots of restaurants. And I'd heard from my friend that lives there that the food court was really, really good. So we went to the food court. Um, and again, unfortunately, I think I also really wanted risotto one more time, you know, because I had had like the chicken and potatoes for lunch. Um, they did have like, I think we saw like a burger option and I, you know, considered that, but again, I'm just not a big red meat person. You know, I can technically eat it, but you know, my stomach, that just didn't sound very good to me. So I was really hoping that we could find risotto. So we're going around the food court, trying to find something. And they had a restaurant upstairs that did have risotto. Um, so I asked, I ordered it to go and then figured I could go downstairs and eat it in the food court area. And then Chris could get something too, um, from one of the other vendors. So I got the risotto. Um, but I should have just, and it did say it was red sauce, which it was, but we waited like 20 minutes for it, you know, cause the chef's making it fresh and it just was cooked with a lot of cheese too. Um, where the risotto that I had had in Venice for dinner the other night was just the red sauce, really no cheese. And I should have just specified and said, you know, no cheese because what Chris pointed out, actually cuz he ended up eating most of it. It was it was good. It was a very savory risotto. It had like um some like bacon on top and it was like it was a red sauce and that was good, but and the first few bites were amazing, but the cheese again just was too much for me. And Chris pointed out that it just kind of tasted like a really gourmet mac and cheese. And I think that really like nailed it on the head. And I don't like mac and cheese. I never have liked mac and cheese, not even as a kid, you know? So again, that kind of tells you how I feel about cheese and even noodles. It just doesn't do anything for me. I just don't like mac and cheese. And that's exactly this risotto was more like a gourmet mac and cheese. So I was really bummed because again, we had spent, you know, probably 20 euros on it. I didn't even really like it. I only had a few bites. So I was really grateful that I'd gotten all those snacks on the trains because at least I wasn't starving. Um, and Chris, you know, did eat the rest of my risotto. And I think he got himself like a little ravioli or something too. But by that point, then I was just tired and ready to go home. You know, we got, we actually treated ourselves instead of trying to find the train and shuttle to our airport hotel. We just took an Uber direct and spent a little more money, but you know, we were pretty tired and then had a really long day ahead of us, you know, flying. The plan was to fly from Rome back to Munich, um, which is a short flight, maybe an hour and a half. And then Munich back to San Francisco, which is 11 hours. And then we had a three-hour layover in San Francisco before our flight back to Portland. So it was just going to be, you know, a really long day. Um, and we were getting in, you know, to Portland about 8 o'clock at night. So we, you know, I knew it was going to be tiresome. And I also wasn't sure of what I was going to be fed on the airplane. So I was a little nervous about that. Before we left Venice, um, I did stock up on extra, like I actually found like a, you know, bag of chips and I still had some of that popcorn left. I made sure that I had some snacks that I could have on the plane. So 
we went to our airport hotel, which was the same hotel that we had stayed at when we arrived. So we kind of already knew um, the breakfast and I knew that I'd be able to have eggs and bacon the next day for breakfast, which I did. We got a good night's sleep and uh, I think our flight left left about 8 a.m. So not too super early, but we still had to be at the airport early. I was so impressed with the Rome airport as far as um, going through security and the way that they kind of have it organized was really, really efficient. Um, I really wasn't like I thought, I mean, again, I haven't traveled internationally in so long, but well, you know, I remember like customs and immigration being taking a lot longer. And I just felt like everything was really, really smooth. And especially in Rome, I loved the way we just went through security super fast. So we had gotten to the airport two hours early and had plenty of time before our flight departed. So I kind of was walking around and just, again, trying to find more food that I could eat. And I found um, a rice ball. And that was another thing I had forgotten. Our, I think one of our first night in Rome, we had one of these rice balls. And they said they're pop, more popular in Sicily. So maybe that's why I didn't see them a lot. But basically, it's like a fried you know, rice ball with some kind of topping inside. The one that we had in Rome was just like marinara, like some kind of red sauce, like marinara sauce with some, just a little bit of mozzarella cheese. Um, and this one that I found at the airport, even though I had the eggs and bacon, I was still hungry because I didn't have dinner the night before. And this one had eggplant in it with a little bit of cheese and rice and sauce. And oh my gosh, I could have eaten like three of them. And it was only again, like it was, you know, a decent size too. And it was like three euros. So I was so glad that I found that at the airport. I ate that as kind of like, you know, <laughs> a morning snack. And um, we got on our, you know, we got to Germany, no problem. And then we got on our flights from, you know, and from Munich, boarded, got on the plane, no problem there. You know, we kind of settled in for a long 11-hour ride. And they served um, lunch, which was chicken and rice. So that ended up being something that I could eat, which was great. They also had like um, bread or like a roll and butter and um, I forget what the dessert, some kind of dessert, like ice cream or something that I couldn't eat. So, you know, I would just give Chris the stuff that I couldn't eat, but at least I had the chicken and the rice and I had my snacks. And again, I was just so hungry that I ended up going through all of my snacks um, pretty quickly. And then we were only about three hours into the flight. So, you know, I'd already eaten my lunch and snacks and still had, you know, a long time to go. And the um, pilot made an announcement that we, the plane was having an electrical issue and we could not continue on the flight path, which we were on, which would take us over the ocean and then into like the Canadian mountains. So it wasn't safe. They said, you know, there was no danger to the plane right now, but it wasn't, you know, safe to go through over the Atlantic and over the mountains with this electrical issue. And so we were three hours in and we had to turn around and we landed in back in Frankfurt, Germany, which is only, you know, pretty close on the map to Munich. So if we, you know, had they tell us this, 
And then we have to still turn around and fly like another two and a half hours back. So it's almost six hours of flying for nothing. So way, 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 super, super frustrating. Um, And they said, you know, they made an announcement that, you know, once we landed, there would be people, customer service people there to help us rebook our flights um, for tomorrow. I mean, they were pretty, I think, forthcoming right away that it wasn't like we were getting on another flight that day that that we were going to have to overnight. And we had like three, almost three hours to sit with that information too, because we were turning around. So, oh, it was terrible. Um, And I was worried because our flight from Portland to San Francisco, those flights we had bought on our own because they weren't, you know, the cheap deal we got was San Francisco to Rome, not from Portland. So we had been able to get a really good flight, though, using our Alaska miles but they weren't connected. So I knew that we were, you know, we were going to miss our Alaska flight and probably have to pay a change fee in order to change it to the next day. So I was stressed about that. And then I knew that my mom was staying at my house with the kids because they were now back. James had was back in school. Um, and she had been with them, you know, pretty long time. So I was feeling guilty about asking her to stay another night, but at least I had that option. But I was just like, distressed, you know, for these three hours back. Um, and it ended up that, you know, we landed, they did have people meet the flight, but we had to get in line. And this is a big plane, you know, I don't know how many passengers there were, but it took from the time we landed till we got checked into our airport hotel, three and a half hours. Um, so we were in line a lot of that time and then we had to go find, get our luggage out, um, because we wanted our luggage for the night. And so by the time we actually got to our hotel in Frankfurt, it was like eight thirty or something at night. So it wasn't even like we could go and explore. It had already been a really long travel day. You know, we were up since like five thirty in the morning. So we were really, really exhausted, Um, but they did get us on flights for the next day. Um, I was able to change our Alaska flights accordingly and they were so nice and didn't charge us a change fee. I mean, Alaska is just my favorite airlines for so many reasons, but you know, I'd kind of told them about our ordeal and they waived the change fee, which was just so, so nice of them. Um, And, you know, we talked to my mom and the kids and they were fine to stay another day, even though James was sick, um, you know, he rarely gets sick. And this is the only time ever the school called my mom because he had a slight fever. So she had to go pick him up. So then I was really worried about that and getting home to him, but it ended up being, um, I mean, he had like a 99 degree temperature. He had a little rash on his cheeks. I think they were more worried about that, but he was probably had probably would have been fine. But anyway, after a long, exhausting day, I was just worried about that. And then knowing we had to go and do it all again the next day, you know, like, (laughs) you know, still was like an 11 hour flight, they were able at least to get us a direct flight to San Francisco the next morning, leaving at 1020 in the morning. So not too early either. But again, like, I was not looking forward to an another 11 hour flight and now not having any snacks with me either. Um, 
But that night, they put us up in a really nice, it was like a four-star airport hotel, really nice, comfortable bed. They gave us vouchers for dinner, so we were able to eat at the restaurant there for dinner for free. Uh, We actually ended up having burgers and salad. I just got mine without the bun. It was really, really good. Chris got a German beer, so I ended up having a few sips of his beer, too, you know, while in Germany. Um, And I have to say, I enjoyed, I had like a couple sips of wine throughout the trip, but I enjoyed the beer so much more, probably because like, especially a cold beer at the end of the really long day with a burger was just really good. Um, But just had a few sips and that was, you know, fine. It was all I needed. So we did go to bed full, you know, like that was, that was good. And then we had to get up the next day. And breakfast was included, which was great at the hotel. And this was a pretty big airport hotel, and it must be, like, very international because they accommodated, like, every nationality breakfast preference possible. I mean, they had everything. It was huge. And there was some kind of big conference going on in Munich. So the airlines were even having a hard time booking hotels for all of us that needed to spend the night because of this like citywide conference. Um, So there was a lot of attendees at breakfast. It was the most crowded I'd seen breakfast. You know, there was tons of people there too, but they had like an omelet station, um, you know, they had plenty of food for me to eat. You know, I got to have eggs, bacon, and potatoes, lots of different fruit. I did take some fruit for the plane. I think they even had pancakes. I'm trying to remember what Chris ate, but they just had like everything, everything you could wish for. It was really amazing. I didn't see any oatmeal, but everything else they had. So we, you know, loaded up and got to the airport and thank goodness our flight you know left on time we got to uh San Francisco i had chicken and rice on the plane again they served us two meals chicken and rice was lunch again which was fine and then dinner was either pasta or sausage and i don't love sausage, but I couldn't eat the pasta. So I got the sausage, which was, you know, just okay. And again, it came with like, um, all different kinds of sides and stuff that I couldn't eat and dessert that I couldn't eat. Um, but I did have enough that I was, you know, not starving, which was good. And I had a few snacks that I had packed that I just, you know, ate my snacks. Um, but it was funny, like right, right before they served the dinner, probably like an hour before, Um, I was just starting to kind of get hungry, so I reached for my apple, and all of a sudden I smell this, like, overwhelming smell of chocolate, and here the airline attendants are handing out these huge double-decker Kit Kat bars, and they were, like, sea salt caramel flavored or something that... It was just like wafting through the air and I'm looking at all these and they're just at a big basket. I mean, it would have been like my dream before to get one of these. I remember when I studied abroad in Australia, I was the first time I was introduced to that double decker Kit Kat and I ate the hell out of them there. Oh my gosh. So it was kind of triggering a little bit just because I hadn't thought about it in so long and just remembered how much I ate them. And then to like smell, you know, of course, Chris next to me is eating one the other German guy next to me is eating one and oh my gosh the crunch you know everyone's crunching so 
you know, I turned up the volume on my movie and like crunched into my apple and just tried to ignore it. But it was just kind of funny. You know, at this point, I was just like, oh, you, you got to be kidding me. You know, they're going to hand out full size Kit Kat double decker sea salt caramel bars right now. Are you kidding me? But then we had our dinner. We did get to um, San Francisco, but we only had about an hour and a half um, to get to our flight. So we, you know, waiting impatiently for our luggage. And basically we were running to our gates and we got there just as they were about to start boarding. So, um, you know, we were totally fine and we got in about four o'clock in the afternoon. So we were home at our house by five, which was great. My mom made us dinner. Um, she made a roast chicken and sweet potatoes. Oh my gosh, did I miss sweet potatoes and a big salad. So we had this really yummy dinner. The kids were so happy to see us. They had been waiting with a little welcome home sign out front. It was really, really cute. So it just felt so, so good to finally be home and enjoy that dinner. Um, I was so happy to get back to my smoothie for breakfast and, um, just had, you know, probably that whole week, I finally feel kind of satiated and back to normal appetite wise, but I would say I ate more those first few days back because I was hungry and because I could, it was so nice to have, you know, all these options again. So it felt, I just enjoyed like every bite of food and, finally after a week feel pretty much back to normal now. Um, I have been a little hungrier these past few days, but I know I'm also about to get my period. So that's, you know, pretty common. Uh, so it's just really nice to be able to find those things like sweet potatoes or quinoa, brown rice, you know, just other things that I can eat. I'm just so, so happy to be home. But now that I've had some time, you know, to really um, think about it all. I'm still really, really glad that we went. Um, and it was an amazing trip overall. It was just those few hard days in Tuscany, Cinque Terre, Port of Venere, where I got really, really hungry. And I think the big lesson I learned with traveling is just to be more prepared in the smaller cities. You know, it's pretty probably common wherever I'm going to go that there'll be bit more options in the bigger cities and probably not as much in the smaller cities. And I think I also would try to stay at all Airbnbs and see and try to pick ones that had kitchens. So that way, I could cook. Like I was thinking something easy that I could have brought with me was some quinoa. You know, quinoa is something that has, you know, the protein and the grain is just a really good combo for me. Um, and that's something that I could have cooked for myself um, and been really nourishing. So I was just thinking of those types of things. Like what else could I bring? And I think I would try to stay at you know, Airbnbs where I could cook if needed and maybe bring a little brown rice even or a little quinoa, just something else to help fill in those gaps when I'm really, really hungry. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my two cents. I, I am really, really glad that I went. I'm really, really glad that um, I survived, you know, I did have a little bit of pasta, but that didn't unravel me at all. You know, I'm right back to where I was and really don't feel any guilt around it anymore at all. Just, 
you know, more like kind of what I had to do. Um, and I am a little nervous, you know, the next international trip I have plans is for work actually going to Copenhagen in October. So that's something I'm going to have to do a little more research around. Um, and I think that was another lesson learned to even do more research than I did before about kind of food options and, and maybe think more about what I could bring to make it a little easier on myself. You know, in this case, it's not, I'm going to be staying at a hotel, so I'm not going to have a lot of control over cooking something. Um, but hopefully I can familiarize myself with the menu and try to find some things that I can eat. Cause I was feeling really down about that possibility since I do love to travel so much. And I kept thinking, oh my gosh, you know, when I was in Italy, like what if I can't travel anymore internationally because I'm just too picky of an eater and I can't eat sugar and flour. So there's just not going to be, you know, I just didn't want to go through that feeling again. But now that I've had a little time to digest, I, you know, I just think it's going to be more that I have to be better prepared and do a little more reading ahead of time. Definitely pack the snacks again, but see if there's a little extra that I can bring to and just kind of be aware that it's, it's going to be tough, you know, having that right mindset in the beginning probably would have been more helpful for me too. I had just kind of assumed it wouldn't be as hard as it was going to be. I mean, I knew I was going to be tempted by things, but I also thought that would be okay because I'd have plenty of options for myself. So I think if I had gone in knowing, oh, there might not be options I might have been just a little better prepared to and not so caught off guard. Um, so that's kind of my, you know, Italy recap. It was really wonderful, the weather and all the places we stayed. I mean, we just really, really lucked out. Oh, and one last thing that's really amazing is um, because of our flight, them not being able to book us till the next day, Chris and I are actually getting compensated almost like $600 each basically uh, because of that. So, and that's not in, you know, they offered us miles, but because we probably won't be using the miles, they offered cash. So that will really help offset our trip and, you know, all the expensive food I was buying. So that almost makes it worth it, you know, flying that extra day. Um, so that trip, <laughs> that flight ended up really being a steal, you know, since <laughs> it really only cost us $600 and then we're getting $1,200 back. So Anyway, that ended on a happy note, and I am really happy, though, to be home, back with the kids, back to my everyday life. I realize I'm such a creature of habit now and wish the other lesson learned is I kind of wish I had traveled more when I was a little bit younger, especially in Europe, because it is a lot of work um, and it is really exhausting, and I don't love living out of a suitcase anymore. So I do think it's a little harder as you get older. Um, and so I do wish maybe I had traveled just a little bit more, but when I was when I was younger. But overall, really, really, really good trip. And um, I hope that if you go to Italy, I hope that I was able to give you some suggestions and some help to get you through. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. And remember, life is so much sweeter without sugar. Thank you.